Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. What's up, friends, and welcome in to In This League, a fantasy baseball podcast. I'm the Welsh. That's Scott Bogman. You can find us on Twitter at Is It The Welsh, at Bogman Sports, and of course at InThisLeague.com, where we happen to actually be doing this episode live on our stream. So some of our listeners can hang out with us and get it a little bit early and see the video, see all of our dumb faces when we do it. One of the many perks coming up later in the month, or actually beginning of next month, is all of the big stuff. We are going to have updated redraft ranks, dynasty prospects. I'm about to undergo and kick off the P180Ps for the prospect people. You're looking for a prospect ADP system. Going to be doing that. And we've got tons and tons more coming up between group me rooms, all the ranks, and live content we do. So come and support your boys, the kings of independent podcasting. It's Bogman. It's Welsh at InThisLeague.com. Today on the episode, we're going to be doing a couple things. We are going to be kind of turning, you know how we would always do uh, player debates, Boggs? You know, we do player yeah. debate episodes. Player debates are fun. We got a new I, version I'm familiar with player debates. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of them? Have you done them? Yeah, before? yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm okay. familiar with the concept. Yes. Okay. Definitely haven't written a book like that at all. Player so and good. a player and they go against each other. Oh, all right. Yeah. I didn't know. This is the mansplaining episode. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, right here. So, we put words on paper oh. and then they two players we make like cases for each one oh one is a winner do you know what a winner ask you that will that fix drew jones shoulder if we do that man dude i mean don't ruin my i'm having a rough enough week i'm having a rough (laughs) enough week and that was the biggest one drew i mean literally my my week was built around something he had i I don't know i don't think so my week was built around like finding and seeing him like that was it. I didn't go out Monday because the, the conversation Which hospital was is he in. I don't know, but well, he's actually going to see a doctor as we're recording this, but I didn't <laughs> go out Monday, this? even though I assumed that he was going to kind of be in the complex. I was going to wait because he was going to play games later in the week. And then we find out that freaking Monday's BP session that he did, he hurt his shoulder right at the end. And now he's out for the season and he's seeing a doctor as we speak to see if he's going to need surgery. And that's also probably going to determine if he's going to even like hang around here whatsoever. So uh, completely ruined all of that. If he doesn't have surgery, he might hang around and then I can go hide in the bushes and be like, Hey there, Mos Leon. <laughs> it must be my birthday. 
but that's not going to be the case. Uh, we are going to play not a a uh, a player debate. We are going to do a little game. We're going to play a game called Whoever Can Drink the Most Maquil Wins. <laughs> well, we guess what? You win. Um, <laughs> the game we we kind of played it a little bit last week because I had done a video version of it over on our Twitch stream, our Twitch show, which is uh so much show much fun live 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern and we brought it over here and we're going to just play the little audio version of it but this time bogman is going to be taking part in it and bogman's got some who am i's i have got a few and uh, we're going to tackle those plus here in just a tiny bit i have made five trade scenarios in baseball that i don't think i've seen I definitely a couple of them and I went outside of the norm. So this would be They're a very good article. Fresh. They're very, yeah. very fresh uh, created right before the show started because yeah. he wrote them all out on the sheet and me like a dumbass went in there because I'm usually the sheet guy and uh, deleted them all. I'm like, Oh, these must've been from last week. Delete them all. And yeah, I was, like, I was like, Hey, Box, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I, I was up really late. I was working on this thing. I'm like, you can go see the trade. Just look on the sheet. And Bogman goes, uh, I deleted that. And I'm like, no, mm. literally, I don't write art. I might write an article about this because I think these are fun little ways to look at it. And, uh, Bugman, uh, cut it out. Yeah. 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 But luckily yeah. I was able to, uh, revive. I remember stellar memory. I've always talked about how good your memory is. I never doubted you for one second. That Everybody you could do that. Has. It Everybody. was actually just a test to see if your oh. memory is good enough. So you passed. You're welcome. Congratulations. I think you made I mean, I think you made these trades better, by the way. So, yeah, well, I think I think they're interesting. And in, in my approach was none of these guys and these trades that I made are the trade that you're hearing, the rumor that you're hearing. So they're all big names. I only picked five of the big names, though. There's one that might not be considered big, big name, but it's a dual player trade that I really find interesting. And I think it is a perfect fit. Uh, that's why I put it on here. But the others are not, I think, of like the mainstream trades. So like, for instance, I think everybody and their mother is playing. What are the Cardinals going to give up for Juan Soto? Yes. I'm not moving Juan Soto to the Cardinals in this. I'm actually having them make another trade because they are losing out. I kind of have a team that is not It's in the, the back, the wings of all of this, uh, jumping into the Juan Soto trade. I have got the Astros making a surprising trade and even a newly thrown out one where the Marlins may have had Pablo Lopez pitch his last game. I'm sending Pablo Lopez out. So I've got five trade scenarios that you guys can chew on and we'll see the accuracy of it. And perfect time is to do it now before the trade deadline jumps up. Oh, how funny to bring up the trade deadline. How, what, what an incredibly, incredibly astute thing to happen here, Bogman, for you to point out that I just brought up the trade deadline. Thank you for saying that. Well, on to feel like Penn and Teller, but right now, by the way, so. yeah, you were just shaking your head. Vagas just shaking his head on Tuesday is a trade deadline, 6 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Well, guess what? Bog and I happen to do a live show Monday through Thursday. We are moving the Tuesday edition of show much fun from 10 a.m. Because we are going to be going live up until the trade deadline. That's right. You guys can come and hang with us. Twitch.tv slash in this league. We're probably going to go on a couple hours before just letting everybody know. The best thing you can do is go uh, to the Twitch now and follow it. You'll be notified if you have the app and stuff. And you'll be notified when we go live because we haven't at this second decided what it's going to be. But we're pretty sure we're going to go at least two hours before 
and we're going to come on and we'll be breaking down any of the trades that have already happened. And we will be here for that window of trades right up until the actual deadline. Mm -hmm. So if you are wanting like up to the date breakdowns, you don't need an emergency podcast because we are going to be live streaming. So hopefully you guys will come and check it out. Hopefully you guys will consider subbing because it's a brand new month and this is an extra that we're going to be doing. So Tuesday, probably right. A, like I said, 4 PM Eastern, something like that. We'll be on twitch.tv slash in this league and it will be show much fun with a show much fun. I kind of hope selfishly, like we get that big barrage of trades within that last hour. Cause you know how we've you had guys, some deadlines. I mean, I cried during the Christmas one. If David Peralta gets traded, you my guys might see me tear up. Why? I actually think you might tear up. Yeah, I think you would. Yeah, I hope oh, well, I actually, we'll talk about that. Uh, I mean, either two things happens for Bogman to cry. He gets Steeler rings or David Peralta gets traded. And I Those don't the remember the Steeler rings. So, yeah. you know, this would be actual crying I would remember. But it'd be fun. I hope a lot of the trades happen in that window because I think it'd be the live reaction stuff will be fun. I hope the whole thing doesn't explode. But what I think the potential for that is as well is because like we've talked about so many teams are in it. So many teams are potentially pushing around. There's going to be so many implications that could happen later. And I'll be breaking down live prospect stuff. We'll be breaking, breaking down the overall trades and we'll be hanging out with you guys. And we theoretically might be able to let you guys jump on. If you guys have live questions on the trade deadline. So come over, uh, definitely come and sub. That means a lot to us. When you do that, you can use a free Amazon prime account and then you won't get hit with ads while we're doing the show. Cause that show will not be on YouTube. It'll just be on the Twitch. And, uh, hopefully you guys come and hang out, interact with us for a trade deadline special. So we are going to be going through those trades and then we are going to be doing a little play, uh, of who am I here in just a little bit. Maybe the biggest news that I, think came down right before we started recording Boggs, and I'm not happy about this. I know you're not happy about this. Mike Trout has been diagnosed with a rare back condition. What yeah, was the actual um, condition called again? Well, we have the uh, the quote here uh, from Rotor World. Let me pull it up. I had it up. Yeah, stupid thing. Okay, so uh, this is from the um, head athletic trainer from. Uh, the uh, angels. He said that uh, Mike Trout has been diagnosed with a rare back condition called Coso ver uh, vertebral dysfunction. Mm. Uh, he is not currently doing any baseball activities following a recent cortisone injection, and there is no mapped out timetable for his return. This is the quote from the trainer. This is a pretty rare condition that he has right now in his back. The doctor, Robert Watkins, who is one of the most well-known spine surgeons in the country, if not the world doesn't see a lot of these. We do have to look at this as something that he has to manage it, no, not just through the rest of the season, but also through the rest of his career, probably. So uh, not great to have a spinal condition and having to be at the top, you know, uh, level of your of your sport so, here. You know me. I, I thought that just meant he did, didn't have a neck, but I yeah. guess it's something else. It's a Jersey that, thing. That could, yeah, <laughs> it's a Jersey thing. Remember the whole Jersey South Park thing. episode? Yeah, it's a Jersey thing. So I, you know me, I don't like to overreact on ranks. Like there's plenty of other people online and you can read and listen to that will be your overreactors. Someone's done something for two weeks and now they're the 20th overall player. That's yep. not me. But the trout stuff, that really, really concerns me. And it's got a couple interesting things in there. So first off, a rare back condition that could keep him from mm. diving and is going to follow him for the rest of his career. 
that has to affect his dynasty value. That you just can't like. I, yes, we don't know a whole lot about it, but with this coming up near the trade deadline, makes it more fascinating than I could have ever imagined because I think he's got to move down a little bit, and I'm not really sure what buyer seller wants him. Let Let me ask you this: um, I, I get. How much does the rest of this season count towards his dynasty? Like, if he can come back and play okay, is he not going to, you know, drop that far down in your rankings? But if he doesn't come back plummet. at all, obviously, I mean, if he doesn't come back and play at all, he has to plummet, right? Um, yes. If he doesn't play the rest of this year and there's no surgery that's in line that's going to fix it, then yes. If he has a rare back disorder that he's going to carry with him the rest of his career, and we're seeing the implications of it this right now. This is a big change. I had Trout in the teens. I'm looking here, man. Regardless of what happens, I think he's got to... I mean, I think you got to at least go into the 30s at this point on value. And there might be there might be potential to go a little bit further. Now, it could be overreactionary, but for them to say that statement right there, that it's uh, right here, for it... Uh, for it to happen in a baseball player, we just have to take into consideration what puts he puts himself through. Hitting, swinging on a daily basis just to get prepared, and then also playing outfield, diving for balls, jumping into walls, stuff like that. If they're saying this is something that's going to carry with him as he is um, turning 31 years old this coming month, you can't count on him playing 100-plus games. You can't count on a full Mike Trout more than ever before. And I think it has to affect the dynasty value that I'm not a hundred percent sure at this point. I mean, I'm looking Couldn't at happen guys in a worse scenario too, because you have Otani DHs. He doesn't so play the field. That brings up know. an interesting thing that I want to bring up here in just one second. Um, just on this real quick, you know, I look at like, I had trout above Austin Riley. That's got to change. Buxton is a fascinating one. You know, Buxton's batting average has been trash, but there's been a lot of expected data that says he should be better. And he's putting up bonkers counting stats regardless. You want to be careful that he's not like a Joey Gallo, but I think those right. two are kind of close in question now. They got to be like close. I mean, Buxton's younger, uh, but here's the thing is that like we're putting in injury stuff with Mike Trout that Buxton already kind of has. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't missed of, an, an insane amount of time this year. But, but he's three years younger, doesn't have a um, a chronic issue that's going to follow him and potentially have to push him to DH. He's just like chronically kind of hurt or whatever. I think those guys are soft. Close. The more that I'm looking, <laughs> he's not size. Yeah, that's chronic. Soft is chronic. Okay. I, I'm just saying. Chronic 2000. There's a range of guys like, I look at Jazz Chisholm. Jazz might, even though he's injury prone, you have to, you have to put him in that range, which in my mind puts him between... 25 and 40 somewhere in there. And then there's just a handful of players that it's like, are we going to really put like Randy Rosarena over him? Like, no, probably not. There's so much we don't know about it. So I don't want to be overreactionary. He is going to move down on the August update. I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to be, it's not going to be into the forties or anything like that. But as we go, this is going to continue to move him down in value and his rest of uh, season value is in question. But you brought up an interesting point. Shohei Otani is the DH. The way I read what's going on with Mike Trout sure sounds like someone that if they want to continue playing a whole lot, they need to be a DH. They need to be a DH a lot. Shohei Otani fills up that spot. Does Shohei Otani move back to a fielding position? Or there does he get time. traded? Okay, so there's the trade thing that's out there, which 
I mean, I said on Fantasy Pros today, I don't believe it. I believe I don't believe one ounce but of it. This, I think, I think this makes it more realistic, you know, because now it makes Trout hard to trade because he's on a giant deal and he has a chronic back issue. Yeah. Right. So it makes him very hard to trade. You're probably going to need to move him to DH and you have a guy eating up that DH spot. Like you said, they could always move Otani to the outfield, put him at first, whatever they want to do with him. Uh, that is in the realm of possibilities. But also maybe it makes sense to trade him since it seems like he's kind of getting the itch to get out of L.A. Anyways, made a couple sideways comments. You know, he just wants to be on a team that wins and he's going to bring you back. And I mean, it'd be bigger than a Soto trade, I think, trading Otani, wouldn't it? I mean, I think that's a big question is what would be bigger, Soto or Otani? I don't know. I, I'm really not 100 percent sure, uh, but, but but I don't think you trade. You, no. I don't think I know you do not trade Otani because you need to clear up space for Mike Trout. Mike Trout also has a chronic back issue and is over 30 years old. So you don't make that move because okay. of in lieu of, I don't think that's a question, but they do have to ask themselves, how are we going to make this work? The only way in my mind, and this is me judging off of like the reports I'm seeing that you're going to make Mike Trout work this year or next year. I mean, I will say this not to jump thoughts, but what the hell do they have to play for this year? Let him sit. I, I think this could be the end of Mike Trout for this season because what are they playing for? Let him get healthy and stuff. But they they do have to give consideration of how do we make this work long-term and DHing has to be in Mike Trout's future, which means Tani's got to do something else. Do you put him at first? Maybe. I think left field would be really great because, you know, maybe a little bit less action. Um, usually the worst fielder is out there. He's athletic enough. But I don't think they can have Trout be out in the field on a regular basis. I, it does not sound like that. Maybe he's going to have to move to left uh, and play left a little bit more. But I think this opens up the possibility of Otani playing in field. And I'm just throwing this out there to be on the lookout for that. And I think that would be another one of those freaking game changers if that happened, if he were That'd a regular awesome. outfielder. And maybe it's something like, you know, Otani plays in the outfield if we let's just say you have a seven day week, maybe he plays in the outfield three games and then you have uh, I mean, part Trout of managing Trout is probably a game off a week. You, you know? give Trout and Otani both a game off. Trout plays two in the field. Otani plays three. And then you've got another guy that's out, you know, filling the other two spots. And then they're just moving back and forth. Maybe Mike Trout plays a complete game off and Otani moves over to DH. I don't know, but they're going to have to make it work. And I think, Otani's flexibility is going to be at the core of this. And that's what I find really, really interesting overall about uh, this, this injury, this horrible injury, by the way, this it sucks. sucks. You don't, yeah. you don't want what could have been generationally the best player when all is said and done. And this is going to feel very Terrell Davisy if this brings down Mike Trout's career. And we just don't know. That's what's so tough about this. We're overacting and they could be like, Hey, listen, I well, don't know that we are be though. Because he missed so much of last year, right? And then uh, didn't he miss, didn't, I mean, it seemed like he was just kind of taking the back half of 2020 off or whatever, but like he's missed games the last two years. So, uh, you know, uh, th this, it's a scary injury for a guy. Listen, I got Mike Trout in a dynasty. At the, at the peak, and, it, so. and it sucks. I got Mike Trout in a dynasty and I don't really know what you do. You know, in, in redraft at this point, if you had someone want to risk it, I'd be willing to do it, and I would probably sell really low. Uh, even if he comes back, even if he comes back, what the hell ever, I would uh, take up some pieces. And Dynasty, 
it's it's a rough one, you know. Um, Played thirty six games last year. That's it. And fifty three in the six out of sixty the year before. I just remember him finishing like on the injured list uh, that season. So, uh, ugh, ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah, thirty one year old Mike Trout value is going to be dipping, and we just need to hear more. But that was pretty big news, and I'll be very curious to see. If they consider now, the only other thing is like, I don't know if they'll consider doing any of those Otani moves this year, because if they just shut Mike Trout down, you have nothing to worry about next year is something where they would have to start playing around though. I would love to see if Otani gets in the outfield at all, or, you know, I guess they could throw him at first base or if they want to screw around with that, whatever their situation would like uh, Jared Walsh's and stuff, but it might just create more flexibility. And I mean, Jesus, if Otani, I guess if you want to be the anarchist, is with his injury, with Trout's injury, and the the trajectory of the organization, that could technically be a reason why they could move off of Shohei Otani. You know, they could just say, hey, listen, this isn't looking good for Trout. We need to replenish. We need to rebuild. We need to do it now. They could do that. I don't necessarily know you know that you want to do it. How bad would that be for tickets in the organization if, you know, August 5th, Otani and Mike Trout were both not playing on this team? That'd be bad. I mean, I so. think it's what they should do, you know, because those are the two best players on the team by a million miles. So get organizational depth, get get good prospects and rebuild the right way, sink to the bottom and then rise from it. We've seen the Astros do it. We've seen the Padres do it. You know, the Angels aren't a Dodgers. They're not a Yankees. They're not a Mets. They're not a team that prints money. They're not the Cubs, you know, so they're in a huge market. But you have to win in that market. You have to overtake yeah. the Dodgers, who have all kinds of rich history and tradition and all that stuff. It's possible, but you know, not probable. So you probably need to sink to the bottom and build it back. And it seems like with this injury and Otani wanting out, they're getting closer and closer to that. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, trade deadline rumors are abound. Actually, uh, another rumor just popped up. We're going to talk about when we get to this little trade section. Uh, getting through some of the other news and notes real quick. Fernando Tatis Jr. took live BP in Detroit on Tuesday. It's a very good sign, um, especially, you know, I wish he would do that with Drew Jones and say, this is how you do BP without hurting yourself. <laughs> this is going to lead. I don't know if Tatis is the one you want without hurting. Not. Remember, he fell on his wrist and when it was in a cast. Some of the soccer. Yeah, similar yeah. body type, actually, uh, for skinny. both of those guys. Yeah, skinny, very skinny. <laughs> skinny, skinny. The uh, This is going to lead to hopefully a rehab assignment soon, maybe even next week, as far as uh, some of the stuff I've heard, that he could jump out there next week. But it's probably going to be at one of the higher A affiliates. But he's moving into a good direction. Not a good direction. Manny Machado tweaked his ankle a little bit in the 10th inning, according to Bob Melvin. Uh, doesn't seem to be crazy serious, but you just don't want to see that happen. Uh, with yeah, Machado, I mean, he's so. already had a little, uh, you know, a couple little hiccups this year. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I let me look at the lineup today. Um, I think they might Machado's be off today, th- actually. Or they're already the San Diego already played then, I guess, maybe. But uh, um, I don't think he's there. They're either. Uh, let, let me look because I don't see. They're playing the as we speak. They're playing and as Machado's we speak. not in the lineup or he, he is? is in the lineup. So he's all good. Ah, so he's he was fine. He's lineup, he's yeah. already he's scored a run. He's fine. It is no big deal. Everything right. is no biggie. Uh, Tony Larissa said that Luis Robert will not come off the I.O. when he's first eligible on Friday. And that is very worrisome because you remember, he's got this lightheadedness. That's still yeah. Keeping him out. The hell yeah, is I, it? Did we find it, out? We did. I know you. It, it is AIDS. 
Oh, I was about to say, I know you think it's eight. No, I think it's, it sounds like vertigo, you know, anyone, any guy that doesn't have a strain or a break Bogman's like, God's probably eight. No, I mean, once again, I I thought the age thing was funny for Carlos Carrasco because they went as far as to say he's got a blood disorder. Well, it's just dumb. Like you tell us he has a blood disorder, but you're not going to tell us it's cancer. Like, you know, then what is it? We have to sit here and wildly guess that that's, that's the whole thing. So, um, uh, I I uh, I think it's vertigo. It sounds like vertigo, like oh, lightheadedness and nausea. Uh, I, it doesn't sound great though. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's not good. So we'll we see. got a peanut allergy or something. Yeah, that could be it. Peanut butter and jelly, maybe. You Jose start, sitting there let's start weeding these people jellies? out. Let's just put take all the warning labels off the chemicals and put peanuts in everything and mm. thin out that herd. It sounds like uh, these are neighbors. <laughs> these are neighbors talking right now. What are you talking about here, Bob? What, 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 where am I going? Uh, uh, Chris Bryant, plantar fasciitis, also not great. I am officially, um, I'm done. What? You're breaking yeah. up with Chris Bryant? I'm breaking up. I'm live up. on this show right now. By the way, did you see this? I don't know. Is this a super sexist thing that I'm not getting? ESPN was tweeting about, I don't remember the play. Let me see if I can find the player real quick. There's a, a female basketball player. No, th- oh, no, there's a female no. basketball player. Then yes, and it's sexist. And there, there's a big story. Let me see if I can find it. Um, about her and her team, like not getting along or something like that. And her and the team are parting ways. And oh, here it is. This is it. It this is it. It's the Los Angeles Sparks and Liz Cambage. And here is their words that they used. Breaking, the Los Angeles Sparks agreed to a contract divorce with center Liz Cambridge. I've never heard anybody use the word divorce with a contract break, but they did it with this. Doesn't that, that seems a little It's just weird wording. Look, ESPN's had some bad wording. Remember Jeremy Lin. So, uh, but um, I don't know. I think it's just bad wording. I think you've heard divorce from like, football players getting released and I've heard it stuff. in marriage. I've never heard about it. And uh, it's this. been in sports a little bit. It, I mean, it's weird. It's not normal. Well, listen, it's not something you would say it, it, you would usually say the sparks agree to release Liz Cambridge, yeah, right? Yeah. A contract break. So, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the work here and I'm going to normalize talking about divorce on both sides. Unlike ESPN who only picked a woman. Uh, yes, I think me and Chris Bryant are coming to uh, a divorce Breaking in our up. friendship. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm about done with Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. The injuries, the age, the production. He just. It was. You know what? I never thought I would say it was that one big year, but it really was. It was. And um, I'm not saying he's nothing, but I'm just not super interested uh, in Chris. I, Bryant. So I I'm mean, a little bit over it. You know. Uh... I think I'm going to be interested next season uh, in Colorado when he can come back healthy, probably get some surgery for that plantar fasciitis. I mean, plantar fasciitis is what kind of sapped uh, Pujols and all that stuff. Pujols is a rare breed who can still play with one foot and hit bombs, you know, but uh, I, most players aren't like that. And I don't think Chris Bryant is like that either. So if he has some surgery and can fix it, great. Uh, if it's something that's going to be lingering, I won't be interested. So we'll see what happens this off season with him. Uh, but look, he's still in Colorado. That's a good spot to be in. And he was finally starting to hit before we realized that he had this plantar fasciitis. So hopefully I-, I would love it if he could get back by the end of the year, but I don't think I would count on that. So we'll see. 
Divorce. 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 Yep. Yeah. Split up. Mutual Batmobile. mutual breaking Batmobile. up. Batmobile. <laughs> it's a, it ends inside inside joke. It make, it's gonna make me laugh every single time for the history of ever. Uh, some other stuff. Francisco Mejia was placed on the IL with a right shoulder impingement. Julio Rodriguez returned to lineup and hit a homer. I Let's was so go, pissed Julio. at myself. I was going to do the total base uh, bet on him, and I talked myself out of it. Wish I had not. I get we to see him on Drew Saturday Jones. too. Oh yeah, you're officially going. Are you are you jacked up on that? Yeah, I'm. I'm all jacked up on that Mountain Dew. Let's nice, go. I'm excited. Nice. Will you? Um, oh, God, no. I wish I could get you to go down and try to like. Like get a picture with Julio Rodriguez. It would be so great or something like that. Just you you think I should go down there and push around the little kids like the guy at yes. the all-star game? Oh, yeah. you should totally do that. Yeah, will you please? Did did you see someone put like I mean, and I know this is a funny thing for when that someone does something outrageous, but they put like the uh impractical jokers with that yeah. guy. It was like yeah. now push the little now kid out of the way for the little, autograph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I would give anything. Well, get hopefully give us some good video of that. That's going to be great. Um the Mariners call back up George Kirby, John Carlos Stanton plays on the IL with Achilles tendonitis. Walker There it Buehler. is. Yeah, uh, okay. Stanton will be yeah. all right, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't like hearing Achilles, right? Uh, as an injury, but well, uh, hopefully he hopefully he's back after the 10 days. We'll interesting see. trade thing out here that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Uh, Walker Bueller played catch on Monday, which is a very good sign uh, leading to hopefully a future return in the not too distant future, which might. Yeah, I just think they're going to run him up against like they want him back for the playoffs. There are already 12 and a half games or whatever it is up on uh, the Padres like they're walking away with the West right now. So it's all about. It's all about being back for the playoff race for Bueller. So don't expect him back for your fantasy team. Uh, this is funny. I'm going to have to. I, I got this interesting thing. I was just about to report on a tweet and then a double one, which might be, uh, which it all might be like fake. There's a lot of fake trade stuff going on. So let's reset. Ah, here. okay. Check this out. We're going to talk about a few rumors. And when we come back, I have got five trade scenarios that brand really new is not yeah they're not the public scenarios these are five ones that i think fit there's always a surprise you know, i'm not saying that a surprise team is going to come in on soto but you always know that there's going to be some surprise stuff in here i've got the padres making a trade for two players we have got the astros coming in on a surprise trade plus new york is going to make a move and a team that no one is really talking about at least on paper they are rumored but not on paper in the Juan Soto uh, sweepstakes. So don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll do rumors, my trades, and then we got a little bit of who am I right after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Chris Welsh said you were coming. What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. Scott Bogman, former Imperial sharpshooter. That's not saying much. I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. Please excuse his lack of decorum. In this league, this is the way. Stop touching things. So Jeff Passan is a very popular guy right now. And there's a funny thing I saw earlier, but I think there might be a troll job that's going on here. Let me see Ooh. if I can find it. Um, By the no, way, you know what? This uh, is the same one. The speaking of the trade deadline, the U.S. has offered a substantial proposal to Russia in exchange for Brittany Griner. So, oh, really? There's actual real trade deadline. Like a player uh, to be named later. Uh, well, it looks like Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan for an arms dealer is what the uh, wow uh, is what it looks like here. So is Woj gonna break we'll this? See. <laughs> we got it. I feel like a Woj bomb in this scenario would be a lot more scary. <laughs> It'd be a lot scarier to get a Woj bomb in this situation with Russia. And oh, America. it's so inappropriate. <laughs> this is actual real people's lives. But is that right? Can you believe it? Stuff. These are like real people, but like from jail. They, I mean, and honest, Yahoo, Yahoo is the one that reported it. Yeah. So <laughs> Putin's on the phone. He's like, <laughs> oh, look, I got a trade alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got the, the freaking buy. Biden, you're busting my balls again, man. I can't do it. I got to get cash. Two for deal. one arms dealer. You got to give me someone else, please. <laughs> Listen, so. the bigger deal is much bigger deal. You're, you're selling me shorts, man. You're selling, you're selling me short. You call me back. And Biden's like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> Mr. President, wake up. Wake up. Oh, Lordy. Human uh, lives we, are on the line. <laughs> we've offended everyone. Oh, I finished my plate. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I got uh, to get the better trade offer. This is ridiculous. Uh, oh, Russia, Lordy. <laughs> mother, mother country need much bigger. Lordy, deal. Lordy. All right. Let's <laughs> let's talk about these real trade proposals from you. So <laughs> I got to I got to get Kevin Durant on the deal. This doesn't go down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kevin Durant just in a Russia jersey, like uh my next chapter. My next uh, chapter in jail <laughs> with the Russian hat on. <laughs> Low for, all right, this is too much. Well, neither this one of us is high, by the way. By this the is, way, I have no yeah. political leanings. I just everything is funny. So before anybody gets oh mad, yeah, it's I just funny. Right, Biden sleeping. Uh, I'm fine with. I'm fine with Biden. I have no issues. Um, all right, so hopefully, uh, you know what? I hope the biggest trade deadline move is Brittany Griner coming back to the U.S. That is my biggest hope. But there are other rumors out there. So there's this Jeff Passan thing. Now I'm not seeing this other thing. But a, this is, I, I'm seeing it in a couple goofy spots. I take it for a grain of salt, but apparently he, but I thought I saw this in two others, that he was on 98.7 ESPN New York and says, if this is true, because I'm trying to find more of a corroborating piece here, that the Yankees have an offer out to Soto and Glaber Torres is involved and that Washington has not got a better deal. Now, I just don't know if this is true, though, because I thought I saw a similar one that was built around another team here. Uh, actually, I'm seeing John Heyman reports right here that the Yankees are in on Frankie Montas as well as Luis Castillo and others. That is fresh off of the uh, off of the Twitter as I'm seeing. It's that. always tough with the Yankees, too, because, you know, our buddy Rob Ditton lets us know about this uh, in the football room. And it's true. 
every single offseason rumor starts with the Cowboys, right? Because Cowboys are going to get the most clicks in the NFL. It's the same thing with the Yankees in Major League Baseball. Like every team, the Yankees are connected to everyone. Uh, so you have to really look for the trusted reporters. Uh, when you're looking at this, what are you tweeting out your your Brittany Griner ideas no, right here? No, so. yeah, I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to make this trade happen. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get everybody back. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to work very hard here. Um, yeah, I think these trade rumors are hard. You know, what's interesting. I happen to have a pitcher trade for the Yankees that I had put up before this mm, news even came out. Look at that. I like that. Not a Juan Soto trade. Uh, the Juan Soto trade is interesting. I that's a you know, breaking news here. I do not have Juan Soto going to the Yankees, even though, you know, there are reports. I do think the Yankees have a potential driver's seat in this. I think they, they own the right to do this. If they were to give up Anthony Volpe, you'd have to give up Volpe, Jason Dominguez, Glaber Torres, and probably two other pieces. And I think the nationals would instantly do it. If they could get Volpe, as many have reported, like Volpe is the top, the top get across all markets that uh, any team would want. And I think the nationals are even honed in on. So if they wanted to, they can't, I don't think they want to. And that's what makes this tough. And they may just move into another direction because of how difficult this is. But that rumor's out there. Ken Rosenthal said that the tigers are willing to move Tariq Skubal Boggs. Tariq Skubal, who has had a, there was a little bit of an up and down season, but his strikeout numbers, he's become the elite of, that little crop of pitchers that he came up with, the uh, Casey Mize, the Fados, the Matt Mannings. On the year, he's got a 9.37 K per nine, a 3.88 ERA, but he's got an XFIP down at 3.2, seven and eight record over 106 innings with almost right around a two walk per nine, which I love, and a sub one home run per nine. Those are actually really underrated numbers on a trash team that you go and put him in a better spot. I think teams should pay up. He actually pitched today, went six, struck out two only, but gave up no earned runs in six innings. And uh, it's another solid start, maybe not magnificent. He would cost a bunch. Give, give, give me the trade one more time. Did you say the trade? I'm sorry. No, there's no trade. There's no trade. It's just that he's available. I was giving you his numbers. Okay. Are you are you texting with Putin? What are you doing? Uh, I was I was trying to see if Gallon is striking out, guys, since I have money on it from our our uh oh, did from it our start? wheel here. Yeah. So he's got the first two. He had two strikes on on the first guy and he popped out, and then Jock Peterson popped out. So he's got two outs in the first with nobody out. I'm sorry, which pitcher were you talking about again? My bad. <laughs> oh my I'm sorry. You made me gamble money. It's the wheel's fault. The wheel, we did do the wheel today, and Bogman landed on make a bet for the second straight week. And then we have a secondary wheel, which chooses the money. And it was a little bit over what usual units are going to be. So it's a little bit more cashola on uh, it's five and a half strikeouts. So you need six on gallon. And you said he doesn't have one. Not one yet. He got the first two outs and five pitches. So Not that's nice. One. <laughs> Tariq he's, got, he's got Flores on two strikes. Tariq Skubal. Okay. Thanks. Tariq Skubal with the Tigers. Trade rumors saying that the Tigers are willing to part with him. I mean, that wasn't young... the only quote too. It was like, uh, yes, the Tigers are willing to deal Tariq Skubal and they're open for business for anybody on the team, basically, is what they said. So, I, I mean, I would assume not Riley Green, but anybody else, uh, anybody else is available for this team. I mean, if somebody wanted to take Javi Baez, he needs to get the hell out of Detroit, it looks like. So, yeah, and I'm trying to look here. Like, the, the problem I have is like, okay, so where is the fit? What's the fit of a team? I mean, I think everybody and their mother would love to acquire 
like a young accessible pitcher, but Tariq Skubal is going to cost a lot. So you've got to be more of a competing team. Who are the teams that would make sense? I think Cleveland would make a lot of sense. I think the twins just divisionally that's, that makes that tough. Yeah. That's uh Cleveland is within two and a half games. Uh, what about the Mariners? I was just about to say Seattle makes a ton of sense. The only problem is though, is I feel like they need more veteran help. They need some more veteran pitching help. Um, but I think they would make a whole bunch of sense. Toronto would be another good one. And if you want to look over in the, on the NL side, think about this, uh, just, I mean, follow me here. Okay. The Baltimore Orioles are three games out of a wild card spot. Mm. They are one game over 500. They're 49 and 48. They're three games back. Do you think there's any, because they're involved in a lot of these rumors, right? There's a lot of Orioles players rumors. What if they bought at the deadline? Would you be shocked? You know what? I wouldn't. You want me to read off their rotation? Yeah, let's, let's name me one pitcher in their rotation. Tyler Wells. Name me a second pitcher. Uh, Watkins. Name me a third pitcher. You got two. (laughs) Um, Pretty good. (laughs) I I think you're doing better than I thought you were going to do. I mean, means is out for the year, isn't he? Or is he out for, he's out for now forever uh yeah i don't know oh, who are the other guys tyler wells is their one according to uh fan graphs depth charts spencer watkins is number five on there in between one and five you have uh, jordan lyles lyles dean creamer and austin Kramer. voss that's voss, their rotation voss, right i mean tyler wells should be your number five so to your point if there's a team that should be out there surprising in aggressiveness on pitching they would be really, really fascinating. I don't know if it would be a Tariq Scooble, but they do have the assets. They would probably have to mm-hmm. trade like a DL Hall and a Kobe Mayo or something to make it happen. But I think that might be worth it. Though I look at this and I feel like they need more veteran type of stuff. Like they, I would mean, be a you look at the roster, like this is, oh, this, but this is the team that like no one thinks should buy. Everyone has them trading their assets and they're, they're not out. They're not dead yet. I mean, they're not no. as dead as the Angels, who are 11 games out of a wild card spot, or the Red Sox. The Red Sox are only three and a half games back of a wild card spot. And I know there was a lot of rumors about them potentially trading either Devers or Bogarts, but uh, don't think I, I think I think the Red Sox are probably just going to stand pat, which I think is going to piss off the Red Sox fans so much. So, yeah, not so much fun. Uh, with that. So I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I had to pinpoint like who are the destinations that would make the most sense. God in Atlanta might make a little bit of sense as well. Uh, I would pick if I'm going to pick here. Oh, maybe Philly. I'm going to say Philly, Seattle and Toronto would be the two teams. And I think they've got some assets to be able to move, but I think it's a tough one to, um, I think it's a tough one to make happen. The Cubs and Mets have been discussing a potential trade involving Wilson Contreras and David Robertson. This is interesting because I have a trade of both of those. And that this actually just reminded me. Um, I had not seen this. I hadn't seen the David Robinson part because I have a Wilson Contreras, David Robertson trade, but it is not to the Mets. I have both of those going for a couple assets. Wilson Contreras, one of the top top catcher on the market you can get, but will be a free agent and can negotiate out. So I think whatever team I mean, got the him, standing O in his last game in Wrigley, probably as a cub. 
You see so, him and Hap like hugging and like. Well, dude, Wilson Contreras won a World Series uh, yeah, with, with the Cubs. You know, like he's got great memories coming up there. And, uh, you know, he's almost for sure going to be gone uh, because you got to get something for him with this expiring contract. Well, the hugging and stuff, he's gone. So it's going to be limited in what they can do. So I think you have to find a team that can't get heavy into a lot of other markets that has that clear hole. I do think the Mets make a ton of sense here. And I think it's a possibility, except that they have Francisco Alvarez. And you could throw him up now if they can get away with if they're comfortable moving a Brett Beatty or something and they can get Contreras on a one off. OK, that makes a lot of sense. I read but, something that said that they don't like Alvarez, like they're looking to potentially trade him. Didn't they take a catcher in the draft, too? Yeah, well, I think it's that it might be the catching ability that's in question. They took Kevin Parada. Um, I think the, the catching ability is what's in question, Bob, when you don't look happy. Well, Alec Thomas just grounded out. By the way, Wilmer Flores popped out. So three outs. Uh, it was like 12 pitches for Gallon, but no strikeouts okay. in the fourth. Well, that's good. So. That's, a, that's a positive. We'll follow that. Uh, Josh Bell remains a top priority for the Astros. That's an interesting one that came out there. And those are kind of the big rumors that are sitting out right now. So, Vox, are you ready for We're my trade scenario? So many in the next couple of days. Yes. Let's oh, get let's well. get to them. Nice, fresh off the press. Brand new trade scenarios that definitely weren't done last night in a race and then redone this, uh, an nope. hour ago. So they totally good. were not a race right before the show and I had to reestablish them, but I think I got them all back now that I'm looking at them. Uh, I did forget the David Robertson thing in my Wilson Contreras trade and I added a new one, which is coming in. So let's start with the top trade. Ooh, Juan Soto. Could tell Marte just hit a bomb. Nice. Big bomb. Nice. Juan Soto. Juan. Cardinals, number one. I have said the San Diego Padres was my um, my team that he was going to go to. The McKenzie Gore stuff kind of hurts us a little bit, though there is a rumor going out there. I think that, that why the Jeff Passan thing of hold like, oh, the Yankees, blah, 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 might be false is there's a rumor out there, I think, that was saying something similar that the Padres have offered C.J. Abrams and, you know, there's no other offer that the Nationals see, blah, blah, blah. I do not have Soto going to the Cardinals. I do not have him going to the Nationals. I don't have him going to the Yankees. I have the worst case scenario for Bogman. Mm. Juan Soto becoming a Los Angeles Dodger. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Do not hate, like hate, it. Hate. Here is the Won trade. the home run derby in Dodger Stadium too. So here is the trade that I think is very interesting. I have Cody Bellinger going in the move, who has been a bit of an albatross. I believe he's coming up arbitration eligible, which will be cheaper than he was going to be. Um, he's still a name. I think it's a viable name that they could sell some jerseys on. And I think the Dodgers would give him away for pennies on what it used to be. Cody Bellinger with Dustin May, who is returning, um, absolute balling out starting pitcher with huge 99, hundred mile an hour, uh, two seam type of fastballs that move in. He's a, He's easy a guy, easily a guy that they can throw into a rotation with Josiah Gray. They can feel happy about. I mean, I've got dump Patrick Corbin and put Dustin May in, and you get exponentially better. Someone that can start next year. You get Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux, who they can throw in immediately and start. I mean, these teams have made moves before with Trey Turner. They've, I mean, there also could be a likelihood of not wanting to do um, a trade, but they are comfortable with making these as they've done before. Maybe they got away with it a little bit with Trey Turner. Uh, they're not going to. The Nationals are going to make them pay up. 
Gavin Lux can come in and Gavin Lux can be a middle infield starting today. He could play in the outfield. They can move him around. Those are major league pieces. Also throwing them Miguel Vargas, who is probably the number one hitting prospect on the Dodgers system and Bobby Miller. What's fascinating about this trade, all five pieces are close. Three of the pieces, two of the pieces could start tomorrow. Cody Bellinger and Gavin Lux. Dustin May comes in as part of your rotation. Bobby Miller is ready to be in a rotation, could get traded and go in right now. And you'd have Bobby Miller, Dustin May, uh, Josiah Gray, Cade Cavalli coming up very soon. Miguel Vargas, the guy is at AAA. The guy played outfield. He could play corner infield. You could get your future third baseman. You'd have a third baseman. You'd have an outfielder, or if you want to put Bellinger at first, and a middle infielder and two starting pitchers. This would also have the Dodgers, I believe, taking on the Patrick Corbin contract. So the Dodgers get Patrick Corbin and Juan Soto and Cody Bellinger, Dustin May, Gavin Lux, Miguel Vargas, Bobby Miller, and maybe even another piece. But I just have those five all go to the Nationals in what would be a blockbuster trade of huge name proportions. What do you think, Fox? This is a little bit unlike the Jason Dominguez to the Dodgers or Francisco Alvarez from the Mets. This is a lot of big prospects, but also big major league names now. So I think maybe the one thing that would hold a deal like this up, because I think this is exactly what the, the Nationals want. They want five prospects. All of them are close, or I guess four prospects in a, in a pro uh, that, that are all close. Uh, and ready to go, and you could insert in the starting lineup, you know, and that is going to help take the shine off of, you know, trading Juan Soto away, your franchise player, who also won a World Series with you, by the way, not just Contreras. The one thing I think holds it up is Patrick Corbin, and I don't know if the Nationals would, if they're getting this haul back, if they would force the Dodgers to take Patrick Corbin back. And, and I have reason, Corbin in this deal. I have Corbin going to the Dodgers in this deal. The only reason I think that that might be it is because the Dodgers are already over the luxury tax. They opened up with $310 million in payroll this year, and they're paying $47 million in. Already in lost a pick last year. Fines. They don't care. Right. I mean, they don't care, and they do print money. So it is something that needs to be considered. But every dollar that you take on, you have to double and pay towards the, the luxury tax. So uh, not only are you paying Patrick Corbin's ridiculous contract that he's not worth, but you are doubling that because of the the um, luxury tax as well. So I think that might be the issue. Now, once again, the Nationals might just say, hey, look, this is the five. This, this deal is by far the best one we're going to get. So if you guys don't take Patrick Corbin, then we'll eat that contract and we'll take the five good prospect. And I think if I'm the Dodgers, I present it like this. I present it like, hey, look, you can have these five guys with no Corbin or you give us Corbin back and we take two of them away. Uh, and replace them with other guys that are lower in the system or whatever. Yeah. But that's how I'd present it if I was a Dodgers to get it done either way. You're either getting him cheaper uh, or, um, you know, I think there's variations paying. of this. I just sure, sure, sure. You, you, you have the connection of Soto getting a house in L.A. The Dodgers do not. Have, this is why it's unique about the Dodgers and why they can give up more. They're not going to go into a situation where they're worried about signing him. They just, he's also got his buddy, Trey Turner here. You can make this move, not give him the contract quite yet, or you can backload it. And I think he'd be more comfortable backloading with the Dodgers to play with Mookie and Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman, which is absurd. It's like, this is like basketball territory stuff. And it's all going to come about money because I think they have the assets to do it. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Nationals, why they would want those pieces. 
I think I think people are also underestimating how much the Nationals want to start competing versus completely retooling. I think that's something you have to think about. I could see people being like, what the hell do you want Cody Bellinger? Gavin Lux? Well, guess what? These are instant players. They have no way to bring players into Washington outside of throwing them cash anymore to get them to come play. You get some players that maybe they think they can fix. You get some great starting pitchers, and you get a huge prospect in Miguel Vargas. That might be a lot more enticing than you know, if the Yankees are only offering Jason Dominguez and a whole bunch of other pitching prospects, you know, you can get some major league help now for that roster and some potential guys that could sell some jerseys and guys like Bellinger, Dustin May. So I'm just throwing this out here. There's always a surprise. I think the Dodgers are a surprise team. I think they're one of those that they're not being talked about enough. And I think they could jump into this market and blow everybody away. And even if it's other variations of this, this is what I'm talking about. Our boy Jagan here too says a bunch of money is coming off the books for the Dodgers next year as well. So they take a hit this year. Maybe they have some type of buyout with Patrick Corbin. They could sell. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do. Yeah. I am saying Juan Soto, Los Angeles Dodgers, Bellinger, May, Lux, Miguel Vargas, Bobby Miller. That is my uh, fictional trade that could go down. I hope you're wrong. I don't want Soto yeah, in LA. So. Uh, a lot of rumors. I saw another thing about passing that has essentially gone out and said that for the Yankees, it is Luis Castillo or bust that they are in on Juan Soto, but I think they know that it's not going to, they're going to get outbid. It seems like, yeah. And it is Castillo or bust. I do not have Luis Castillo though, going to the New York Yankees. I actually have a secondary one, which we'll get to. No, I have Luis Castillo going to the St. Louis Cardinals, who need pitching help. If you go and look at their rotation, Boggs, uh, how many name the uh, name the starting pitchers for the Cardinals right now on Fangraphs depth chart? Uh, I know. Um, all right, so Miles Michaelis has been outstanding because I one. almost picked him for our thing today. Uh, well, Wayno Michaelis. Two. Well, Flaherty's hurt. Flaherty's hurt. Uh, Steven Matt's out for the year. Matt's just got hurt. Yep. Who's the the guy um with the P last name? Yeah, right? Palante. 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 Okay, that's um, it. That is all that's on the actual depth chart right now. Oh, uh, they also have on Libertor. The yeah, they have Libertor. Oh, Libertor, Libertor. Yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. that they can throw to. But it is Michaelis Wainwright the and then medication. garbage. If they're out here rocking conversations to get Juan Soto and they're willing to pay the moon. And they're a highly competitive team that has got two absolute studs. I think this is a scenario where this team goes out and needs to get starting pitching and they need it today. I have Luis Castillo going to the St. Louis Cardinals in a trade that moves Nolan Gorman, Mason Wynn, and Gordon Graceffo to the Cincinnati Reds, which would be a huge, huge get for what is going to be the most aggressive pitcher on the market. Nolan Gorman is tough because it is a part of their starting lineup. And that's something that I'm giving con consideration to in this entire deal, except that, you know, they've got some flexibility on this entire team. Gorman is hitting Sosa. eight in the lineup. They could put Edmund at second. Sosa can get in at second. That's exactly right. They could put Sosa in at second and not change the rest of their lineup. Yeah. And they would add a, um, the ace of the team, the ace that they need. They give up Mason Wynn, who's a stud shortstop, but that but you don't give up your top prospect in Jordan Walker. And Gordon Graceffo has had an absolutely nuts 
a year. And I would actually tell you, I'll take a prediction as I'm going to give you his numbers. I just don't have it up in front of me. Whatever trade the Cardinals do, I think team, whatever whatever it is, if it's Casillo, another guy, Soto, I think Gordon Graceffo is involved. 2-1-8 ERA and 17 starts this year. A sub-1 whip with 97 strikeouts and 99 innings and 8-3 and record. And he's moved two levels. He's up to double A right now. And high A, he had a sub-1 ERA, a 3-2-1 ERA in double A right now. He is a 22-year-old big-time frontline starting pitcher, and I think he'll be involved in anything that happens. So this move gives the Cincinnati Reds a future piece of the rotation, a future middle infield piece to build off of, and Nolan Gorman, who could start today. Maybe they move him over to third with Jonathan India, and it powers up the team a little bit so they don't just trade him away for position players. They get a little bit of pitching uh, in the future to join Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. So that is my trade where Luis Castillo goes to the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, they got to make a move, you know, because of three games back in Milwaukee right now um, they, they are they, they believe they're in the wild card, but they're, you know, the Phillies are a half game behind them. So uh, they've got breathing down their neck uh, on the wild card and they're already behind Milwaukee. So a move needs to be made. I would say the biggest thing holding this up is in the division, but the, the Reds are so bad. What do they care? Like, it's not like this is this is a giant rivalry between the Reds and the Cardinals, of course. But this year, it's not. It's a one-sided competition. I mean, the Reds are one of the worst teams in the league. So, uh, I, I, I think this is definitely a doable deal. So, thumbs okay. up on that one. Trade number three. I will tell you, I actually had this guy going to a different team in my early discussions. Wilson Contreras, we know, is going to be traded. We know this. The Mets seem like a likely uh, destination. I don't think, can't imagine a trade scenario where, though I say this, I was going to say, I can't imagine where Francisco Alvarez gets traded. What if the Mets were able to get Contreras and Hap? Contreras and Hap together to go to New York for some, those are some offensive pieces. And then they move Alvarez almost straight up. That's actually, that's not my trade, by the way. That's a fascinating trade I hadn't thought about. I mean, even if it's like a reliever as well, I think Francisco Alvarez can go because once again, the Mets print money. They, they got this new ownership group that is, you know, loaded and they're ready to. Uh, Cohen, I would say Cohen's going to spend. So if, if Contreras gets traded and he plays well, I think they'll just extend him. I think so. there's zero percent chance that they would move Alvarez to get Contreras, even with Robertson, unless they thought there was a contract deal. I think they'd have to get more future pieces. And that's why you throw in Hap. Maybe it's Hap. So here's like a potential. I'm. This isn't my deal again, but here's a Mets deal. Maybe it's. Hap, Contreras, and Robertson to the Mets for Francisco Alvarez and then two lower pieces, you know, lower pitcher and a really lower hitter or something like that. Maybe that makes sense. My trade, though, I didn't go to the Mets. At one time, I actually put Wilson Contreras on the Rays. I think the Rays are quietly sitting out in the market. Perfect type of player for them where they need a catcher. All the catchers keep getting hurt. He's a, they don't have to give a big contract to later. And they could give up some of that depth of those players that aren't really working at the major league level. And I had had Vidal Brujan going to the Cubs in that deal. If, but, if I, it, but if you're the Cubs, is Alvarez worth both those guys? I mean, I know Contreras free agent after this year. Hap has another year. He's arbitration eligible, and then yeah. a free agent after twenty after twenty twenty three. So I think you have to. I think that's, that's a lot that, that to would, give up. Yeah, but you get like um, it depends how they feel about their bat. You know, Contreras uh, Alvarez is more valuable because of the DH now. 
and he can be one of your catchers with a big middle of the order bat. I mean, his bat plays. So yeah, I think so. If you're going to lose Contreras long term, and you know you're struggling with happen everything, getting Alvarez is like a cornerstone type of player. So I do think that potentially could be one that works, but I don't think that's going to happen. I I also decided against Contreras going to the Tampa Bay Rays. I did move Contreras to the Houston Astros. The Astros. Yes, they have Maldonado, but they also really don't have great depth. They brought up Corey Lee, who is their second catcher right now. And you have Maldonado, who's hitting ninth in the lineup, an absolute absolute void there. You put Contreras on this team to work with these pitchers. You could throw him in probably at five uh, five right now, or four if they wanted, between Tucker and, and Bregman. And that changes the dynamic of your lineup. Also probably gives you some more flexibility. They're talking about Josh Bell. Maybe if Josh Bell's too expensive, you could even um, move Contreras around a little bit. If you yeah. want, I have them acquiring Wilson Contreras and Robertson because after Ryan Presley, who's also had some injury stuff, they might want to shore up that rotation. A popular thing for big time winning teams is to go get those pseudo closers to play setup, man. And that's what I've done in the trade. I have them giving up Pedro Leone, who has been hot recently, the Cuban outfielder who is ready to play right now, and Forrest Whitley. I actually wow. at one time had them giving up the, the kid Hunter Brown, but I can't imagine they give up their chap two prospects for a rental in Wilson Contreras. So Forrest Whitley goes along, and that's just an extra buy. So the trade is the Cubs get Pedro Leone and Forrest Whitley, and the Astros get Wilson Contreras and David Robertson. I like that one. Um, I, I think it fits for everyone. Uh, I, I, the one thing I'll say, cause I don't, I just don't know this, uh, is how many of those Astros pitchers love Maldonado? Like, is that why they're so willing to stick with Maldonado and Corey Lee? Because the pitchers like Maldonado, cause that, that could cause a thing. But like you said, you can move Contreras around, I guess, if you want. You're getting to. Contreras wow. for the bat and the depth, and Maldonado can play. He can still be in there, and if Verlander right. loves him, you can still do that. But I think it creates a it's a positional depth that they need. Uh, you could argue first base with Yuli Gurriel, and that's why they're attached to Josh Bell. Maybe they make that trade as well. But I'm going to say the Astros jump in on Wilson Contreras. All right, trade number four. The San Diego Padres are going to acquire two players, actually very similar to Contreras and Robertson. The San Diego Padres miss on Juan Soto. They're not interested in the pitching market. They're not going to jump in on Wilson Contreras. They jump in and they are going to get some relief and some outfield help by trading, which was actually rumored in the preseason in spring training with the Pittsburgh Pirates getting Brian Reynolds and David Bednar. Now, Bednar, who actually was a former uh, Padre, so they're familiar with him as well. That's going to, and I don't know Bednar's contract. I want to say he's got a little bit on it. Uh, Maybe you could tell me, Boggs. They are going to be acquiring two pieces to help now. Rodgers was a little bit shaky in the closer role. Bednar and Rodgers can play one-two. It's a dominant one-two punch to go with their starters. You can't afford to let your starters down. And you get outfield help immediately where they've had issues with that. They are going to be giving up Robert Hassel, their top positional prospect, Luis Campusano, and Robert Gasser. So they're going to give up a catcher, a top outfielder, and a pitcher to bet on into the future by giving up Reynolds and one of the better closers in baseball, David Bednar. 
Uh, yeah, the Bednar, by the way, not a free agent until 2027, not even arbitration eligible until 2023. And that's why Hassel jumps into this and why you have to give up that level of prospect where you're getting Reynolds and Bednar. And I think it puts that team in an incredible position. I gotta be honest with you of all of these trades, this one, I think makes the most sense of all of them. I think my Dodger one is the most fun. This was number two though. I think this one makes all the sense in the world. You might. I would argue that I could tell you this. You could theoretically think Hassel comes out of this and maybe they throw in James Wood and maybe Jackson Merrill together to go with this. And it's a four for two if Hassel doesn't make it work. But I think this trade makes all the sense in the world. And this Dodger is my one favorite. is the least fun of all of them, Welsh. But yeah, wait, uh, I, mean, over I, I like, like this one. Like yeah. One. <laughs> all right. My last trade scenario. And this was actually a new one. The off the great delete my work um, scandal of 2022, where Bogman deleted my stuff. <laughs> this one actually came through in a conversation we were having on Fantasy Pros today, and I had mentioned this. And I think this one would be a wild one. The New York Yankees miss on Luis Castillo. The New York Yankees go down the road, and I think this is you could put both of these teams in here. The New York Yankees are facing. Do we want? Frankie Montas, if he's really available, or do we want to go in another area? Pablo Lopez is available in the market. And the Marlins would probably love getting, you know, getting the um any of the Dominican or Puerto Rican type of players they can get into Florida is just great for marketing in general. Yeah, for sure. I would say Pablo Lopez goes to the New York Yankees for Jason Dominguez and Ken Waldachuk, which Ooh. would shock a lot of people. Have people probably opening their eyes. What is going on with Jason Dominguez? His value has dropped a bit. I don't think he's the luster that we remember. It'd be a huge win for the Marlins to get a name of the, to that degree for Pablo Lopez if you're going to move it. And they get a starting pitcher. This is the Yankees pivoting. They lost on Luis Castillo. You could argue, could Jason Dominguez get Luis Castillo? Maybe, but maybe that's if they're only willing to give up Castillo. I have Gorman, Wynn, and Graceffo going to the Reds, and maybe they want more of that depth instead of just one player. So again, Pablo Lopez to the Yankees for Jason Dominguez and Ken Waldachuk. Uh, I, I like this one. Um, Dominguez seems like a lot to give up, but um, you know, pitching is not cheap. Pitching is always expensive. And you know, just like we say in regular trades, if you're the team that's out, you hang on until someone pays you. And, and Jason Dominguez is absolutely paying up. Uh, to to get a starter, so uh, so here's get what I the want alien, to get the alien, and get us, uh, you know, get yourself a starter. I think it works for everybody. Rank these one to five, least to most okay. likely. So one is the least likely, five is the most likely here. All right, I'm going to say least likely is Soto just because Soto's hard to trade. So okay, let's so go my with, Soto to Dodgers is is a one. Okay, uh, two. I'll say Luis Castillo to to St. Louis just because you're trading in division. So okay. I'll oh, say that point. one's two, uh, three. I will say, um, three, I'll say Pablo Lopez to the Yankees. Cause Dominguez is so good. Uh, I think my favorite one here is going to be the San Diego one Reynolds and Bednar to San like Diego Contreras for half Capusano and Gasser. And then, yeah, and Contreras and Robertson is four. So that that's the order I would put these trades in. 
So trade scenarios, curious what you guys think. I know fans of all the teams, oh, you can never have it. That's always a possibility out there. I throw it out, but these are five uh, trade scenarios that I had not seen out there. Five surprises to chew on, and we'll see what happens over the next couple days on the trade deadline and hanging with you guys on Tuesday. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish off the show with a little bit of who am I right here on In This League. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says In This League. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the mozzarella sticks? In This League. Oh. Who are you? Uh, who the f are you are you who am i it's my fun game where you get to cherry pick some stats of hey i got more than this guy or that guy and we have to guess and we have to play and the reason behind it if you're like man you guys have been playing a lot of games the games are if if, if you haven't processed this the games are ways for us to curate names and content in a different way you pick out players that are really interesting. We go and we do, we look at our stats. We go through, we're, oh, this, how are ways that we can just tell you, hey, this guy is playing really well in different perspectives. And that's why we do this. I think it's a fun, different way to do it. And uh, I, I love this game. Now, this doesn't, the only allure that's taken off here, Boggs, is this doesn't have my fun artwork of the, the black shadowed player that I draw little faces on or anything like that. So unfortunately <laughs> that's not available for this. Oh, I know it's very sad. So Boggs, uh, how do you want to do this? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I, I I'll read first. How about that? Okay. So you, you're first. Who am you're I guessing first? Okay. Uh, let's go. All right. Uh, very first one. I have a higher batting average than Tommy Edmond. Uh, do, do, am I giving you numbers here or no? Uh, uh just you can do whatever you, you want. Okay. Okay. I'm going to write these down so I can visually look at a higher this batting is, average than Tommy Edmund. Yeah. It's, uh, 265 is the player's average. 257 is Edmund. Uh, I have more homers than Bo Bichette, uh, 14 okay. to 15. Okay. I have double the stolen bases of Javier Baez, six okay. to three. Double SB than Baez. Okay. The last one before the big hint would be only Willie Adamas and Corey Singer. Uh, Corey Seager have a better ISO than me among qualified shortstops. So that's a pretty big hint. Uh, that seems you like know a, it's a big shortstop. One. And I, I know it's a shortstop. The biggest now. one. The biggest one is easy. So we'll make the whole thing. Okay. Easy. So repeating here, I have a higher batting average than Tommy Edmund. I have more homers than Bo Bichette. I have double the stolen bases that Baez has, and only Adamas and Seager have a better ISO among qualified shortstops. Did you give me the stolen base? I mean, I got to tell you, I don't think I gave you all the numbers in these, but um, did you give the stolen base number? I did six to three. That okay, was because so he's doubling up Baez. So, I mean, you gave me the stats. You gave me 15 homers and six stolen bases. And... A higher ISO among shortstops, Adamus and Seeger. And you said only Adamus and Seeger have a better ISO among qualified shortstops. A higher batting average than Tommy Edmund. So it's over 260. Was he 265, you say? What's his yes. batting average or higher than that? Oh, that's okay. it. 265, 15 homers, six stolen bases at shortstop. 
only Adamus and Seeger. I just need to look at teams just to get my brain going of who this could be. There's that guy team, that team, Cleveland, da, 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 15 homers. Because so I got to make a guess here, and then you'll give me the big hint. Um, I'm just going through teams here to have somebody register for me. It, no, that guy's got more. All right, give me one second here. <laughs> give me one second. The 15 homer, the ISO thing is throwing me off because I really want to focus on that. I know he's a shortstop. Is this Jorge Polanco? It is not. All right, all right. I'll take the uh, I'll take the big hint now. Big hint. All right. The big hint is I am currently plus seven fifty to win the AL Rookie of the Year. Oh, Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena. Jeremy that Pena. Correct. That's a very very big one. Okay, that's a great one. I don't know why I didn't do that. I went right past Houston too. I had to look at like team names just to like things registered to me i do that and, too yeah yeah i have I just standings have pulled up on my phone all the time like i think people think i'm looking at the stats but i'm looking at the teams dude you want to uh, know what's funny i'm actually on the astros depth chart because of our trade conversation <laughs> uh like i'm on the fan graphs one but i'm looking up top and houston right. is underlined how i'm doing this and i didn't <laughs> get that one that's a good one uh jeremy pena a uh, higher iso than everybody except adamas and seeker at shortstops, six stolen, at shortstops, uh, 15 homers, six stolen bases, 265 batting average. And the, you know, I'm going to take a look here real quick. What has his last 30 days been like? Let's see. Jeremy Pena. Because I know the injury cooled him off just a tiny bit. And looking at splits here, we can just look over by months. The month of July, he's only hit 241. Yeah, he's really tapered down. May, he hit 333 with four homers. He moved down to 255 in June with one homer, but he's up to six homers this month, which is the highest of any single month with a 241 batting average. So the technical second half, he's hitting 276, where he hit 263 in the first half. Um, very interesting to see. I'm a little worried he is a 260 hitter overall and not higher. That's something to monitor a little bit because he's now got two months under 260. He actually has three months under 260 overall. So 250 to 260 hitter limits him just a tiny bit, but Jeremy Payne, you're very interesting one. All right, Boggs, you ready for mine? Let's hear it. All right. Since This is uh, mine both. I'm going to give you a warning. Is since June 1st. All right. So I paired these by month. Since June 1st, I have a higher CSW than Spencer Strider. Okay. Which it's like right around I think, psw than spencer strider okay i think the exact number is 29.9 okay i have a higher i have a better k minus walk percentage than justin verlander since june 1st okay number three i am one of 12 starting pitchers since june 1st with a 30 percent plus k percentage since june 1st and number four, I have a higher K per nine than Shane McClanahan, but my walk percentage is two points higher than his. So he's got a, this guy's a walk percentage around three. Uh, I think like walk per nine is like in the threes, but his walk percentage is higher than Shane McClanahan, but he's striking out his K per nine way more. So again, higher CSW than since, since June 1st, all of these higher CSW than Spencer Strider higher 
are better K minus walk percentage than Justin Verlander. Only one of 12 pitchers since June 1st with a 30% K rate. So I gave you two. He has a better K minus walk percentage than Verlander and one of only 12 with a 30% K rate. And his K, uh, his strikeouts per nine are better than Shane McClanahan's, but he's a little bit more walk heavy. And this is all hmm. since June 1st. Okay. Is that all the hints, hint. or is there there's a there, big hint? There's in there, a or? big there's a big hint, but I'm going to give you a, a a sub hint. Okay, okay. This is sub a tough hint. one. The sub hint is this is an NL pitcher, an NL pitcher. Okay, NL. So I'm going to eliminate half of the teams for you, Thank uh, you. already because this is a tough one. Because you went Mike Clevenger. Ooh, incorrect. That's actually a pretty ah, good guess. That's a pretty good damn guess. It. Since um, June first. Big strikeout uh, guy, CSW better than Burns? Uh Who? Corbin Burns? No, incorrect. This is not a big. This is not a big name like a Burns. Okay. Ah, you want the last hint? Yes, last hint, please. All right, this is a big one. I am one of three major league starting pitchers with this last name. With this last name, uh, God, mm. Josiah Gray nailed it. You got oh. it. it Josiah Gray. That's right. The last hint was huge. Since June first, Josiah Gray has a better CSW than Spencer Strider. Has a better walk minus uh, or K minus walk percentage than Justin Verlander. Is one of only twelve pitchers with a thirty plus percent K percentage and has a higher K per nine than Shane McClanahan since June first, Mister Josiah Gray. Let's go! I can't believe I got that. Even uh, it took me down to the big hint. I took the I big hint on the season. I want to point out a ten point three nine K per nine in ninety seven innings. And uh, his walk rate's just still too high. He's at a 4.45 ERA, and his XFIP is like 4.17. But since June 1st, been a dominant strikeout pitcher and put up some pretty good numbers over comparatively to some of the game's most dominant pitchers. I just gave you McClanahan, Strider, and Verlander. Josiah Gray has been in that general territory. So I thought you guys might want to know how good he's been and that I think he's pretty under-owned overall. So if you're looking for strikeouts on the back half of this year, especially there's no reason once this team sells off, are they going to take him out of the rotation? The problem is he's not going to have a whole bunch of run support, but points leagues, Josiah Gray might even be a little bit better. Very good pull off of that very last hint, Boggs. All right. Are you ready for uh, my second one? I am ready for who am I, number two. I have a top 10 K per nine among qualified starting pitchers, 9.88 Ks per nine. That would be ninth among qualified pitchers. I have an ERA better than Shane Bieber, 3.48 to 3.55. I have a better K minus walk percentage than Sandy Alcantara and you Darvish. Mine is 19.5. There's a 17.7 and 18.7. Uh, last one before the big hint is my Sierra is lower than Joe Musgrove and Kyle Wright. My Sierra is 342 to 346 and 360 for Musgrove and Kyle Wright. So let's repeat this. He has a top 10K per nine among qualified starting pitchers? Yes, for the season. 
for the whole season. For the whole season. I have a but, better ERA than Shane Bieber. Okay. Is two. I have a better K minus walk than Alcantara and you Darvish. Okay. And my Sierra is lower than Musgrove and Kyle Wright. And you said the top 10 K per nine is 9.88. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. 9.88 K per nine for the season among qualified starting pitchers. So you have to have the inning limit. Okay. So, uh, so, but this guy is in there. So, okay. So read it one more time while I'm staring at team names. Okay. So once again, I have, um, <clears throat> a top 10 K per nine better ERA than Bieber. And you gave the ERA. It was two, four, eight, three, four, eight, three, uh, four, to eight. three, to three, five, five. Okay. So, you know, Bieber's struggling a little bit. So this guy isn't perfect, but okay, I might have uh, a guess. I have a better K a minus walk percentage than Alcantara and Darvish on the season. My Sierra is lower than Musgrove and Kyle Wright. So you tell me if you need the big one. My first guess is John Gray. That is the correct guess. Oh, so uh, dude, I, I was like, oh, no, because we uh, the only reason I guess Josiah Gray is because I'm one of three players. You pick the other Gray and Sonic, yeah, obviously in there. That's <laughs> OK. You see, that's funny. I was off of him because I wrote down two, four, eight ERA. And when you requalified it to a three, four, eight ERA, the K minus walk percentage is a sneaky one because Sandy Alcantara doesn't strike out dudes. So if he walks any whatsoever, it's just a low number. You got to have a high K percentage to a relatively low percentage to be high up on the board. So that didn't phase me. The Sierra had me thinking the ERA had me thinking, but I knew gray was up there. And uh, when I was scrolling through the AL teams and I saw Texas, it immediately jumped out because I eliminated some other guys. John Gray, who am I? I feel very good about that because what was the last hint? I didn't even get it. The last hint was going to be I have won six of my last seven starts. I don't know if that would have helped you. That wouldn't have helped Gray, me. Nope. That, but Gray has won six of his last seven. He's been incredible. Nice. John Gray and Josiah Gray. Get all your Grays while you can. It's a gray man. Uh, <laughs> all right, Boggs. I feel good about that. Are you ready for my last one? Let's hear it. This is a hitter one. Uh, I got a, I got, there he is. So this is since June 1st. Okay. Since June 1st, I have scored more runs than Trey Turner. Okay. Since June 1st, I had the fifth best qualified batting average. So the best batting average since June 1st goes to me of qualified, you know, so I don't know what their cutoff is, but. If it's qualified, guy that's played regularly since June 1st, fifth best batting average. Number three, I stole as many bases as Julio Rodriguez since June 1st. And number wow. four, okay. I have a strikeout percentage under 15. So I'm going to repeat. These are all since June 1st. I've scored more runs than Trey Turner. I got the fifth best batting average in that time span. I've stole as many bases as Julio Rodriguez, and my strikeout percentage is under 15. Uh, are you Adolis Garcia? No. Ooh, that's a pretty good guess. No, that is not Adolis Garcia. Mm. Uh, I would give you a little small hint to say, I think if I was Adolis, I might have focused a little bit more on maybe like power numbers. Um, you yeah, notice I didn't really I focus so. on power stuff it's here. The and the runs. strikeout, yeah, the strikeout percentage is what gives it away to not being Adolis. Just pointing that out. Oh yeah, that's true. Under fifteen. I'm going to give you the last hint because I don't think it's going to give it away. Okay. I am one of only sixteen players since June first to register a two or higher WAR. 
Only 16 war. players with a two or higher I'm war. A lot at war. Yeah, I'm uh, just are you Tapia? Ooh, I'm not Ramel Tapia, but I do think there could be some similarities. In are you in the AL or the NL? I am in the AL. In the AL. Mm. Um, are you? Hold on. Who are you? You, mm. you a Rosarena? Uh, who? A Rosarena. You're not. I'm not Randy a Rosarena. I don't think I know who I am are. a. I play for one of the best AL teams. I play for a team that is in playoff contention in the AL. Okay. Are you? And I sometimes play multiple positions. Ah, I can play shortstop or outfield. Shortstop or outfield. Who the F are you? <laughs> you are you with him? No, you're not witty. I'm not Bobby I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who you are. Who are you? Well, I scored more runs than Trey Turner since June first. I had the fifth best batting average. I've stole as many bases as Julio Rodriguez. I got an under fifteen percent strikeout rate, and I have one of only sixteen players in this time to have a two or higher WAR. I am Ahmed Rosario uh -huh. the Cleveland Guardians. Of course. Why are you obsessed with the Guardians so much, Welsh? I don't mean to be. It's just they're fascinating. There's fascinating players that jump out. And, you know, uh, Rosario was like my one of my big breakouts for this year. And I talked about it on the Sleeper Show. And my my bold take was that he could be a 2020 guy. And he's not going to be a 2020 guy because the power has disappeared. But what's happening, though, you're getting high-end stolen base numbers. And you're getting a really solid average and you're getting regular playing time across different spots. He's just not going to be the five tool player that I thought, but I think he can be a high end three category player with decent on the fourth category. So I met Rosario a two plus war since June 1st, seven stolen bases to go along with Julio Rodriguez's. the batting average is in like the three forties, I think higher than Trey Turner's just really fascinating numbers. He's such an underrated player that I think is, he's a glue piece. You know how I talked about uh, Trey, uh, Ty France as being a glue mm -hmm. piece. I think Ahmed Rosario is one of those players and he has been pretty incredible. And that is who I am, Boggs. So pretty good job. Dang. Pretty good job. I think I was the only one that had a real stump even on the big clue at the end, but uh, check it out. Josiah Gray, John Gray, Ahmed Rosario. And who the hell was the other, the top one, the very first one? Uh, the first one was uh, uh, Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena. There you go. Those were the Who Am I plays. I wonder if you guys got it. Let us know uh, at Is It The Welsh at Bogman Sports if one really fooled you or if you were able to get one of those. Friends, that is the episode. The next time we are back, we'll still be Monday. We'll still be back Monday, and we'll probably be doing a whole bunch of the trade rumors and you know the latest of what's going on, which will then carry us to the next day where we are going to be live on our Twitch, twitch.tv slash in this league. And uh, we're going to be doing an awesome show for you guys live before the trade deadline. So hopefully you consider coming and hanging out with us. Just go to twitch.tv slash in this league, hit follow. So you're notified. I would definitely say hit sub. You can do it for free if you have an Amazon prime account, uh, or you can just pay a couple bucks. That'll get rid of ads. And there will be portions of it. Most likely, especially if people come in, that will be sub only. So if you want to make sure you can talk, you can ask questions, you can maybe get on the stream, make sure you're sub to our account on Tuesday, looking like 
Bogs, you'd say like we're going to definitely be on by 4 p.m. Eastern. I think that's yeah. fair to say, right? I think, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. So we'll be on for a couple hours. Hopefully you guys come and hang out with us, have some fun. We'll go through trade rumors. Maybe we'll have a little bit of MLB show going on. So come and hang out there, but make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because we'll be back again on Monday to kind of set everything up that we'll be talking about. So uh, make sure you're subscribed. Go to InThisLeague.com for next week. The first is on a Monday. And if you guys want, the best time to sign up is on Monday because all of the new stuff is ahead of you. P180Ps, updated ranks for the rest of the way through and access to us. Oh, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us. That is the episode. We out. Bogman of the Welsh. Peace. See ya. Thank you for rushing at the end. Yeah, Jack, I completely forgot you did send that. We will do it Monday. We'll do it Monday and we'll highlight it. I actually meant to do it at the front of the episode and I completely forgot because we were so long on the other stream. Yeah, we went long and I have another recording like right now. So while she's getting me out on time. Yeah, it was supposed to be five minutes ago. So 3.30. When are you done? Uh, I mean, we got the mock at six, Mike.